indeed. So, so first, the first thing I gotta, I gotta clear up is mm-hmm. uh, how do you pr- how do you pronounce your name? <laughs> uh, I say Bethia. That's how you, you say Bethia. Uh huh. But Bethia. even my own family members say it differently, and <laughs> it's just, yeah, because I feel like if I'd said it, it what it without is. asking, I would have said Bethia. You know. Uh huh. And then I feel no, like Andrew. Andrew Morrow calls me Bethea. <laughs> Even after many, many years of playing together. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's no biggie. But do some people also call you Thea? Yes. I think a lot of, most people call me Thea. Yeah. But yeah, whatever it's a, works. It's a unique name. Is there a story there? Uh, so I was named after my great aunt Bethea, um, mm. who comes from a few Bethea's uh, from Scotland. So it's a Gaelic name. Wow. Oh. There you go. Perfect. You you yeah. were bound to play bagpipes. I feel that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where, where did where did bagpipes start for you? Was this a childhood thing or was it uh, into adulthood that you decided to start playing pipes? So I definitely have kind of some core memories from when I was little. I think when I was about four, I remember at my grandpa's funeral and it was, you know, solemn and it was snowy and freezing and there there's this piper in the distance just playing and i was like oh dang that's awesome but Mm. i was little so it wasn't something that i thought (laughs) ton about um but then i think i was probably 12 years old um my brother-in-law graduated from the citadel in south carolina Mm. and we went we went to um a homecoming thing and they had a big parade and you could do tours of the barracks and everything and so um, that was my very first time seeing an actual pipe band and mm. I just kind of, I've loved pipes, but that was like super impressive to me. Mm. Um, and then when I actually started playing bagpipes, it was not until 2016. Well, so that's, not that long ago. <laughs> yeah. That's surprising to me because like what... Like I, you know, I don't want to make you blush or anything, but I think you're a pretty darn good piper, and so <laughs> well, that's, that's pretty darn recent. <laughs> yeah. So, um, my husband's grandfather had a set of bagpipes. Oh, really? Yeah, and he turned ninety, <laughs> and he said, "I know you have an interest in pipes, and these are yours on the condition that you'll play at me and my wife's funerals." <laughs> so I said, "Oh, dang, they're 90. I, <laughs> I gotta learn. Gonna, I don't know if they're gonna give me enough time, <laughs> but um, yeah, the his wife just barely passed away in December, so I oh, had a yeah. good amount of time, and he's still going. He's ninety-seven or something. Wow. So yeah, so that was definitely an amazing gift. So. Now, are those still like your main set of pipes, or have you got another set of pipes no. since receiving so, those? Honestly, I don't even know what kind of pipes they were. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, and I do still have them, but um a couple of years ago I had a custom set made um of moral pipes. Oh, well you had to, right? I had to. Yeah. It's my my instructor, you know. Yeah. But um no, no regrets. They're amazing. I love them. Was and, the uh, but was the set of pipes that your husband's grandpa had had he played those or did he just have them? He bought them. So he spent a lot of time in Scotland teaching and then he kind of had some experience when he was living in Monterey Mm. um, of some majestic piper climbing some mountain and playing in the evening and I don't know so he was like I have to buy bagpipes I'm gonna learn 
Mm-hmm. And he and he never did. And <laughs> what's funny is he gave me the pipes and like the super old practice chanter. Yeah. And for some reason, one of the holes was taped over. Oh. And I was like, what in the world is that all about? And the last, t- next time I saw him, I realized he was missing half of his ring finger on his right hand. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it would have been tricky. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> so he got in some wacky accident when he was little. So anyway. You know, when I was a kid, both of my grandpas had different fingers, but missing fingers. And (laughs) um, I, as a child, just like, you know how kids just accept the world that they're presented with, you know, and don't know to ask questions about it. So my assumption was that to become a grandpa, you had to give up a finger. (laughs) And and it still makes me laugh now to think about that because piping and other instruments are so important to me. Like, I know exactly which right. finger I would give up, you know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Glad it's not a requirement, as it turns out. My goodness. But no. I know I know that you also play trombone. I do. I saw so... some cool pictures of you playing with, like, a legit group at a, at a, at a band <laughs> show or, or a, a bar show or something recently. So, like, what, yeah. what? tell me all about the trombone up to um, that cool gig. Like, what was going on there? So... I guess my other musical stuff kind of started in like seventh grade. So Mm. I've played the oboe and trombone for about 24, 25 years. Mm. Um, So oboe wise, that kind of made my transition to pipes not that big of a stretch. Um, Right. Yeah. Kind of intonation wise and yeah, reeds and just kind of tuning and stuff. Um, Maybe came a little quicker than it might have to most. Um, But trombone i had a crush on a kid in eighth grade and he was in the jazz band here's how the story always starts (laughs) i was like dang i need to learn trombone over the summer so i can like be awesome and sit by him in jazz band um and his name was bart he's a great name that's awesome uh anyway i started jazz band and he quit (laughs) oh no (laughs) it was men am i right typical bart (laughs) oh my gosh such a bart but um yeah it stuck and i had a lot of fun doing that so i did jazz band and stuff in middle school and high school and oboe and then in college um i actually played more trombone than oboe and so i I went Mm. to the university university of utah yeah so I played in the marching band there, and then I played trombone in their like jazz ensemble. Mm. And it was fun to travel around with them, and I learned a ton doing that. So, yeah, um, but ska band-wise is what you were talking about. Um, Freaking ska music. It's so cool. Ska I love band. ska music. Me too. <laughs> um, when I was in high school... Me and my friend Lindsay were both like girl trombone players, mm-hmm. and we were like, "We want to play in a band or something. That'd be fun." And we, did you, have you ever? I don't know. Back in the day, it was utahska.com, and it was like all things utahska, and it was like anyway. Yes. There were all these I, I, forums. I was, I was absolutely familiar with the website, and um, this was like <laughs> this was like in my memory at least absolutely connected to also like all of my myspace obsession with uh yes. fo- following ska ska bands and especially yeah. like with myspace especially like small local to wherever they were ska like diy yeah. garage ska ska bands kind of thing yes yeah, absolutely for sure. yeah so there is a forum and uh 
it was just this local band. They were like, we're looking for like some horn players, you know, reach out if you want to, you know, come jam or whatever. And so we messaged these guys and uh, we were like, we play the trombone. We'd love to, you know, come and just hang out or whatever. And we ended up playing with them for a little while. And uh, our name was Special Edward. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I was like, 16 17 or something and we would play all over salt lake and that's too cool it was I, a lot I respected of you already but i respect you a lot more now it just that just uh, takes away like the thing is i i love ska music so much i listen to it all the time and i do play the trumpet but like mm-hmm. i've tried to play along with some of my favorite tracks i can't get up there you know like i can't get the stabs to be so loud and so high you know and yeah. and so like i'm absolutely like a a a very much a um observing and and passionate admirer and so for right. anybody to like get in there and do it that's that's awesome <laughs> way to go no i i think for a long time i was definitely timid <laughs> but i was just like all but right this that's is what the they genre, want me to you, sound like yeah that's the thing you can't be timid if you're playing horns <laughs> yeah. in a ska band right everything you they're cannot. asking for is like punching it right out the gate you know it's not and, like you can fake your way into the note right and and that's the funny thing is like generally like i'm actually pretty like low-key <laughs> <laughs> but you play and I, I don't know why I, trombone <laughs> exactly i don't know why i put myself in these weird situations where i'm just like stared at and it's like, uncomfortable but but, but, but Thea, I love there, it. <laughs> there's a thing there like i really like i don't have empirical data for this but like i've talked to enough people at this point that i start to feel like there really is a pattern there where like i think there might be a lot of otherwise very quiet, reserved people who end mm-hmm. up like being drawn to pipe band, bagpipes yeah. and drums. Like there's something, is it's there something majestic? That, it's majestic. Yeah. There's something yeah. just awesome about it. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, uh, I did my time in special Edward and <laughs> I, I played in another band right after that called loiter cognition, <laughs> which is like <laughs> another little local band. And, they were a little more, it was called like ska core or like mm. something like hardcore ska, like screaming and it was wild. But um, yeah, uh, fast forward like 20 years and I reconnected with some friends from high school um, and re-met all of those special Edward guys and yeah. now play in a band called Racist Kramer. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> <Which> just... <very laughs> The classy so names stupid. just keep coming. This is I great. Know. Racist, racist Kramer, and it just—it's a ton of fun. So yeah, in um, I don't play all their tunes, but um, like a handful of them will will go to their shows and play. And we just we just played a show in December uh, at the depot. We opened for the Bouncing Souls. There you go. That was that was where so, I saw the photos. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, that one was. That was one for the books. So that's super cool. It was awesome. Has your so, yeah. but has your oboe like I I get the impression that any like that it's way more common for oboe players, especially if they've been doing it for a few years, to end up gathering some like reed um, making and maintenance equipment and do a lot more sort of hands-on reed stuff than I'm used to doing with my bagpipe reeds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely a lot of. I mean, I took like private oboe lessons and half the time it was reed making. Yeah. Um, and I still was awful at it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was really kind of a, 
a reason I couldn't really like grab on and keep going with it just because mm. I struggled and and then I kind of latched on to trombone more because I was doing that more anyway but yeah i definitely you can trust your mouthpiece to always work you know exactly (laughs) exactly i know i had all these little tricks to like keep my reads forever and i'd get in trouble for eating before i played and stuff and i was just (laughs) like look look the sugar preserves the wood there you go just had like these stupid excuses or it like fills the cracks in the reeds perfectly so it can like (laughs) i don't know but but is yeah. there? Do you ever think to yourself that like there's room for for pi- now? I'm not trying to put reed makers out of business or anything, but like, is mm. there room for more Highland pipers to like, you know, know our reeds a little better? If not, oh, to make them at least to maintain them a little better. Oh, absolutely, and and I think there's even times like just in a band setting where, you know, I wish that I could like be trusted to alter my own reed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I just, I just go over and have it fixed for me, but. um no, it's it's definitely something that I feel like people should. I mean, I wish I had the time to do it more, more of mm-hmm. it. Just kind of dive in and kind of figure out how to perfect my own reads just for me. And right, but it's definitely you know something people can do. Mm-hmm. It sounds scary and expensive. <laughs> it, it sure does. That's the thing, right? Yeah. Like the taking the first the first stab at it is a uh, it's a pretty mm-hmm. scary thing. Yeah, but I don't know bagpipe reads versus oboe reads. I feel like they're a little more simple. So hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. I I have a friend who plays oboe and and is, is like a pretty serious oboe player and teacher and stuff like that. And I have I have mm-hmm. asked her before, and I don't want to bug her. Like she didn't really answer, so I'm like I'm not asking again. Like I'll wait a year and then ask again. But I've asked her before, like, <laughs> yeah. do you think you could look at a bagpipe read and then show me how to like take care of mine better you know like show me how to fix yeah. it and stuff but, yeah um, yeah there's definitely definitely stuff you can do yeah so so has there been any any discussion amongst you where that first set of pipes came from your husband's grandpa right like is yes. your husband also learning pipes and is he gonna play the hair you know his grandpa's hand-me-down set or or no. is it like no sweetie yeah. you do this that's you, you <laughs> that's all you yeah, he kind of has that as just my thing. He has zero interest. <laughs> He's <laughs> very supportive, and I definitely couldn't do it without him helping with kids. I've got three kids at home. Um, and are but, you are you like me, living all of your dreams vicariously through your children? So you'll just yeah. make them do everything that you wish you could do. <laughs> Basically, I'm trying yeah. anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're way better at most things than I ever was. But anyway, a- any of them picking up pipes yet? <clears throat> No, I'm trying not to push it. I'm trying to be so patient. Yeah, I hear you. But no, my my oldest kid is 14, and he started uh, saxophone a couple of years ago, and it oh, only last it lasted one year, and which uh. I'm grateful for. But <laughs> like, I try not to be like, you gotta do band. But <laughs> right. But I'm working on it. My yeah. next one's going into middle school next year, so. Yeah. He's my next victim. Your next victim. (laughs) (laughs) My next kid. But, um. They keep you busy, though, yeah? Yes, they do. It's a lot. Um, they both were my two youngest, uh, have done Highland dancing a little bit. Oh, have they? And so that's kind of been intertwined with some of our bagpipe concerts, you know? Yeah. That's been nice and hectic still, but. Um, and then my youngest daughter, she has kind of shown some interest in tenor drumming. So she 
I bring her to rehearsals in the hopes that she'll kind of want to keep coming and <laughs> yeah. not feel not feel pushed by me. So, mm. luckily, Matt Biggs's daughter she loves her Henley. So right, right, right. So that's that's a draw. <laughs> that's that's such a thing, right? Like, I, I I often think about how lucky I was that I started in pipe band as part of a high school program, so I had like tons of friends there. You know? Yeah, yeah. Trying to get a kid into it when like everybody around them is old people. You know, like mm-hmm. that's not as much that's fun. A, it's not super cool. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to So the kids, the, you got to get the kids in in packs, in groups. Yes. <laughs> no, definitely. It's. And even when I started, I was like, I'm going to be the old grandma of the group or, you know, yeah. which is not the case, but <laughs> it's, I love the, the span of, you know, ages and. But, but the... also this, this is me speaking from like, as like a very much like kind of adjacent observer. Like I kind of, I kind of know who you are, Bethia. Like, like we know mm-hmm. a lot of the same people and like we run in as similar circles and stuff like that, you know, and yeah. I, I see your pictures on Facebook and stuff like that, you know? And so like <laughs> this kind of like third party observer from the outside kind of situation where like it's, you do strike me as the kind of person who, when you, someday when you are like the pipe band grandma, you're going to embrace yeah. that and be a really oh. cool pipe band grandma, you know? <laughs> I hope so. I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about yeah. like the pipe band grandma aesthetic maybe that would be like upgraded somehow, right? Like make oh, yeah. it really cool. Like a rockabilly well, grandma maybe. Oh yeah. No, that's me. Rockabilly pipe band grandma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who plays with who plays with racist Kramer. Even <laughs> racist into her nineties. <laughs> oh man. I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> what ska band has ever had all of its members live that long? We don't even know I what it's know. like for them. <laughs> But dude, go into some of these shows. It's like, dang, how old are these guys? Mm. Like, it makes me feel better. They're all old too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I think I went to like Real Big Fish, and I was like, holy smokes, <laughs> they're all old. But I, I, I didn't. Do you, I don't know if you were if the if you also like maybe maybe I was mistaken in thinking this, but I was under the impression when I was a teenager that like Real Big Fish was one of those bands that like similar to the Grateful Dead that like if you wanted to, this was like a a potential life path you could just follow real big fish around the world your entire <laughs> life you know like, yeah i'm sure uh, there are people that do that yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah it's it's a funny thing getting older i i went to in uh, june well, i guess that was that last month mm. holy smokes yeah. summer's flying by anyway um i guess it was in may we went to punk rock bowling Mm. which is in las vegas and so it's just tons and tons of just punk bands and stuff i grew up going to and again everybody's so old Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then you look around you're like why is everybody else getting older like you know yeah obviously i'm not (laughs) you see all these people clawing their way out of a mosh pit and they're like 50 years old it's like dang Uh, good for you yeah (laughs) We need like some some like slow mo gentle mosh pit options. I know yeah. <laughs> the the geriatric pit. Yeah, the the shin kick mosh pit where <laughs> yeah. you can't really kick much higher than that anyway. So <laughs> absolutely. So so you you've got your piping, you've got your trom- trombone playing, you've got your your awesome kids, you've got this beautiful bird song I'm hearing in the background. I just yeah. absolutely love that. What what else takes up your time and attention? Oof. Um. That's a good question because so much of it is banned. <laughs> okay, then I'm going to kind of put and you on family. the spot. And if you don't okay. want to talk about this, it's okay. 
But I talked to Eric a little while ago. We were talking about his potential ghost hunting podcast. Oh, that's right. And, yeah. And he informed me that you're a medium. So maybe tell me about that. Yeah. I, I've had some pretty just wacky experiences my whole life. Um, and I kind of feel like they've come and gone. And as I've gotten older, they kind of make more sense. Um, mm. Yeah. It's not something that I utilize a ton, but it's definitely something that is constant <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah um i'm 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 i Beth, bethia i'm i'm like i'm like i i feel like i used to have more of an ability for like or a propensity for like a sort of like magical worldview kind of thing and i am just like getting increasingly like crusted over with cynicism and <laughs> angst <laughs> as i get older and so like i really i want to hold on to some magic and i'm like how do you do uh, yeah. that you know <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of wild. Um, I think it's just little, I think the first experience I ever had was when, um, my grandpa died when I was like four or five. Mm. Um, and I like, I swear I saw him mm. <laughs> in our basement and it wasn't like scary, but I was just kind of like, Oh, that's weird. And then I just like, carried on doing whatever i was doing ran up the stairs and played barbie dolls or something that's um, interesting to me as like a formative experience that it would have been something that happened at such a young age and wasn't yeah. scary because like the concept or idea of like that kind of thing you know if somebody hadn't had like you were young enough to be like innocent enough you know that like it didn't yeah. have to be a scary thing but as one gets right. older the idea of seeing one's dead family members can sound very scary you know yeah yeah and yeah, I know. You always hear that, like, kids have, you know, more sensitivity or that mm. they're, you know, open to more. I don't know. But maybe that was it. Maybe it was just mm. random. But, um, but yeah, over the years, I've just had different things happen. And um, a couple of years ago, well, so I, I love cemeteries. <laughs> and... Um, great that you play I'm bagpipes always, lots of it's reasons true to go to cemetery. it's true I was, i'm always in cemeteries even before i played pipes so it's, yeah. it gives me more reason to be there um but i was up so right now i'm up here at my cabin it's in uh, central idaho near stanley idaho mm. and there's a lot of old ghost towns and mining towns and mm. along with all of those little cemeteries and so um i think I, uh, I went to one one day and then here and it was just a quick little blip of, I don't know, it's very strange to explain, but it was basically mm -hmm. this, this lady <laughs> was in my room and, was, you know, dressed in kind of 19 or 1880s kind of clothing and was basically just like, checking things out and saying thanks for visiting the cemetery and hmm. and bye and it was like super quick and wasn't creepy it was just easy and i don't know yeah. just little things like that but definitely um so in 2017 my middle child was in a drowning accident Oh my gosh, Bethia, that's I, I've seen you <laughs> I've seen you post about like the drown anniversary before yeah. and like oh I'll tell you what like I've got my kids in swimming lessons right now 
And like yeah. on the one hand, I'm like, okay, they've got to be in swimming lessons because they've got to prove to me that they can swim because that kind of thing, it's such a, an anxiety it's point terrifying. for me, right? Yeah. But then at the same time, I'm so scared of it. I don't even want to send them to swimming lessons. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm very driven toward this, like, nope, you're all going to stay in my house until you die. You know, like I'm I... just, we're living together in the basement forever. You know, like I'm not going <laughs> to risk it. <laughs> it's so true. And it's, it, that was a crazy time where, yeah, like my, all my kids were in swim lessons and. You know, I felt pretty comfortable about their abilities and yeah. the pool wasn't super deep. And anyway, um, yeah, it was like a split second. And even all the parents were in the pool, too. And there was only like seven kids. And It's like not the situation happened. where you could even imagine that kind of accident Not at happening. all. Not at all. Yeah. And, and it's not like it is in the movies where they're like screaming. like <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> you like when you they? go in. Yeah, yeah they just kind of. Yeah, it's really quiet. And so um, I looked over and he was at the bottom of the deep end. And I was like, mm. oh, he's going to pop back up. And I waited like two seconds. I was like, oh, crap. So I went and pulled him out and I could kind of tell he was not there. <laughs> and uh, my two friends that were with me helped me pull him out and they did CPR. And I called the ambulance and it was the longest five minute wait ever. But oh, I can't um, imagine. Yeah, it's it's weird to look back on and be like, that really happened. But I mean, like I said, uh, can't imagine. Like, I'm imagining right now, but I know that I can't even <laughs> quite grasp it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But luckily, he's totally fine. And um, it was just such a weird roller coaster that the prognosis wasn't good. And we even got flowers from people that were like, we're sorry that, about your loss. And I'm oh, just gee. like, dang it. Um, but yeah, we were up primary children's for two or three weeks and somehow How, like was fine. it a long time before he like was <clears throat> conscious again like was he on life support for a long time kind of thing he was yeah um so he let's see so like the first week and a half we were in the icu and he was intubated and they kind of um kind of put him into a medically induced coma just to give his body time to rest and yeah you know and so periodically we'd you know take him off the sedative or whatever and try to bring him out of his coma and it just was never really successful he, that's such a long time like i can't yeah. like you must have been so tired <laughs> it was awful <laughs> <Jeez>. but <clears throat> i will say like during this whole experience and that whole time i did have like another just influx of weird spiritual experiences and it was yeah so dang. and some people are like that's that's baloney you know <laughs> stuff is stupid but i don't know to me the things that i've i've seen and the timing and the actual people that show up like it is no coincidence mm -hmm. in my mind so yeah and it was very comforting so my my grandfather was a thoracic surgeon mm. um and specialized in, you know, heart and lung, everything. And so um, one of the things I did see was him visiting. And it was mm. really interesting kind of how it looked, you know. It was just very odd, but um, it was, yeah, it was really comforting. So I kind of knew that. I knew that he was the one I wanted there checking out my kid. <laughs> that, that, that is, that's lovely. I, yeah. I, lo I love I love any idea of like that like intergenerational connection too. I think it's a lovely thing. Mm -hmm. I, and and, I, and like I say, like I I am a I am a I have a hard time 
getting all the way in there myself but it's like i want to you know like i yeah. want i want to i want to uh, i want that <laughs> that experience <laughs> yeah, yeah but yeah it's it's something that you know i'm happily willing to be wrong about but i'll take my experiences and mm-hmm. roll with them and i'm happy you know i had i i uh, just a week or so eh, maybe it's been two weeks now i was looking at um some totally unrelated stuff, but a, a pioneer mm. era woman's um, like reminiscence came up as part of it. And, mm. uh, and she said she had been a, she had been a midwife, like a frontier midwife. Can you imagine? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and she said, I can't remember now if she said she'd had a dream one night or if it was more like a, like a, I don't know, like a waking vision experience or something like that. Right. But, yeah. but basically she saw herself in like a different place, kind of a paradise kind of situation. And there were tons of people all around her, like pressing toward her. And she wasn't sure who they were or why they were there. Cause they were all like grown ups, Right. But yeah. then they all started saying to her something like yours were the first hands that held us. Now, with those Ooh. same hands, bless us now or something like that, right? I don't remember exactly how she described it, but I just, I got, I got goosebumps because it's such a beautiful idea, you know? Yeah. Like, like, even if I can't, like, in a way, I guess, like, go like, this is absolutely real and I think, like, in a, in a very, like, you know, physically verifiable way, right? I still, the, mm-hmm. the idea is still so beautiful to me, my goodness, you know, like, how yeah. many, how many dozens of babies did that woman deliver through That's very amazing. difficult circumstances, I'm sure, right? And then to have that yeah. kind of, kind of experience is beautiful. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, um, I get this, all, I mean, I could talk about, I could talk about this forever. Um, we don't have to talk about bagpipes. <laughs> but, we can talk about ghosts the whole time. <laughs> I, I love all of it. We can talk for hours. Yeah. Um, but, um, it was probably 15 years ago. Mm. Um, I, again, love cemeteries and love especially really old ones and just kind of researching things about it. And my, my dad kind of informed me that there was a cemetery in Midville, Utah that was like our family cemetery. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like kind of mad because I didn't know about it yet. Why did I not <laughs> I was know like, about why it? Would, why would you keep this from me? <laughs> um, so my maiden name is Cutler. Uh, so very English and um so there's a an old pioneer cemetery in Midville called it was called the Cutler Hill Pioneer Cemetery oh really and um I think he was my fourth great-grandfather he came and founded Midville and he owned a bunch of property and then allowed like his friends and neighbors to be buried there too so it kind of became kind of this neighborhood city cemetery in a way and um anyway um i'm looking up photos of it right now the pioneer cemetery yeah yeah the there's some really cool ones um and it's the weirdest story but um basically over time it kind of fell out of family hands and it was just kind of you know neglected and uh uh, and then the, the trains, there was a train, you know, area there that would come out from the Bingham copper mines. Oh yeah. And yeah. it would, it would dump literally just like toxic waste and slag, like all over the graves mm. and the cemetery and the area. And, um, so like 20 years ago or more, the EPA came in and kind of, like dug some trenches to kind of find the parameters of the cemetery and, um, kind of tests you know toxic toxicity levels and this right. and that and um 
So when I heard about this, it was basically at risk of being demolished and like developed over because they're doing a lot of redevelopment in Midvale. And so I became heavily involved. And so I, it was me and like my dad's 85 year old cousin hmm. <laughs> out of just the hundreds, thousands of cutlers. It was kind of funny that it was just us, but, um, so I would go to, um, like I was part of this redevelopment committee and all of these different committees. So I, they would all kind of like defer to me to like speak for the family, which You're was the kind authority of figure there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, we found there was this little boy scout that was like, we want to come and clean gravestones in your cemetery. Oh, nice. And we were like, okay, but there's no gravestones. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't know who's where. And right. It's kind of a mess. There was one stone that we knew of. And so he said, well, let me call you back. And apparently kind of his mentor had access to a ground penetrating radar machine. Ah, oh, yeah. And this guy was going to charge us and he was going to come out and, you know, go over the whole perimeter and all these little scouts are out there with flags and marking GPS points. And um, by the end of it, the guy with the machine was so moved by like what we found mm -hmm. that he like was just crying <laughs> mm -hmm. and he didn't charge us a penny. And he's just like, I was just super happy to be a part of this. And um, so basically we knew that there were at least 14 confirmed people there with names and, um, in the end, there were between 80 and 150 likely graves. Wow. And Jeez. it was just this really cool experience to kind of find this. They were all laid out one by one, and it was pretty cool. So, um, spiritual experience-wise, I don't see things just, like, straight up in front of me or, or anything. It's kind of weird to explain. Um Hey, don't worry but, about uh, that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think, Bethia, <laughs> that it matters to, to acknowledge that, like, when an when an experience is, by definition, ineffable, it shouldn't be surprising yeah. that it's hard to describe in words. So, right. totally that understandable. <laughs> but, um, but, a, but a friend I was with, um, she has similar experiences, and she's like, you're not going to believe what I'm seeing right now. And I was like, what? And she's like, there's people out there. And I was like, tell me more. And she was just like, basically... Like at some of the graves, there were couples just kind of there, just watching and were like happy. And that were like, they weren't, you know, they didn't have something to take care of, but like they were just grateful that they were being acknowledged and, mm. and that they weren't forgotten or something. And, you know, there were probably 50 people out there. And I was like, holy cow, it was just really cool to, to help. Yeah. You know, in my cool. tiny way. So is there is that so like could you guys go back there every Memorial Day or anything like that? Or is, is it does it figure yeah. into your life in an ongoing way or was that kind of a one one time project? No, I definitely stopped by. I used to live fairly close and yeah. um I stop by every every now and again and um and it's pretty it's kind of funny because it's tucked in between all of these like townhomes. It's part of like kind of a uh, green yeah. space requirement and they made it into a really cool like park. And, but, Just tell um, them not to dig. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They totally like did not super disclose that it was a cemetery, I think, just because yeah. they wanted people to buy the homes. Right. <laughs> but, but I assure everyone it's a happy it's a happy spot. Um but yeah, I think just after after that, um 
basically, yeah, it's a whole other story. I can tell you another time, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty well, wild. I'll make you really jealous. I grew up across the street from a cemetery. And, oh my uh, gosh. like my, my, I have memories from childhood. My dad thought it would be funny when they, when they would dig a grave, you know, a day or two before the service was going to happen. <laughs> he'd lower us into it. Like as oh kids. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and actually I, one, of, one of my neighbors accidentally rode his bike into an open grave once. Oh I mean, like open hole. I mean, right. Like this is pre casket yeah. and stuff, right? They're just, just the, <laughs> the city workers are over there working, you know, yeah. but, uh, we, we'd play night games in the cemetery pretty oh, regularly wow. during the summer and stuff like that. And in fact, That's that same awesome. friend, <laughs> poor accident prone friend who who fell who rode his bike into the hole he also once <laughs> tripped and broke his jaw on a headstone at night there too and oh my gosh but, but i'd go over there to play to play uh to play my bagpipes all the time when i was learning how to play yeah um, actually well you knew you knew zach lee's right i did a little bit yeah so and Just that's briefly. the neighborhood where we were close friends and so that's the cemetery where he's buried now oh, too wow. Okay, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about his, his mom was really happy because that hill that's close to his grave is where <laughs> We oh, we'd, wow. we'd, we'd run back there to pee, and it, so we didn't have to go home. <laughs> we just go we just go pee off the edge of the hill. <laughs> there were no there were no graves uh, back there at the time. It was just undeveloped uh, land, so it was okay. I'm sure that's so funny. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Yeah. yeah, I think that was one of my first memories of you. I think did you speak at his funeral? Oh, I did speak at his funeral. Yeah. That's okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was. A special time. Yeah. Well, let's see here. Uh, we um, maybe we can try to talk a little more bagpipes, a little bit. Whatever. Um, if your uh, if your husband isn't super into learning to play pipes, what about him yeah. and your kids and the other people around you? Like, who gets to hear you play, and are they excited to hear you play, or are they kind of like tolerating <laughs> it and being like, "Hey, Bethia, why don't you?" Or Bethia, excuse me. Hey, Bethia, why don't you go up to the family cemetery to practice for a while instead of the backyard? I know. Huh? <laughs> I know. Most. My kids can't stand it. it <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but they, they've come to accept that it's just going to happen and then it's yeah. done. So um, I get a lot of slam doors and <laughs> people that are mad. But the main thing that happens is my dog just sings and sings and sings and That's will not awesome. be quiet. So I have to, like, people think that I'm abusing her or something because right, right. she just... I think it's hurting her ears or something, but even when I go up to her, like, she doesn't move. Like, she just... So, anyway, I have to hide her away so I can that, concentrate. That's great that she, she likes it, though. She loves it, but she messes with my tuning, so... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> really yeah. hard to hear. It's hard to <clears throat> so, zero in on your tenor drone when your dog is almost matching it. Huh? Yeah, it's so frustrating. But, huh. um, but, yeah, no, I think in general people are usually pretty pumped to hear me play or if they haven't heard me before but my family is tolerant for sure (laughs) when you started learning did you go straight to the morals for lessons or was it right into wasatch or did you go elsewhere first yeah so i got the pipes in like december of 2015 and i started lessons two weeks later with andrew morrill um because i was like all right let's do this and yeah it turns out so my i had heard of him before and I thought of him as a teacher, but then I realized that my sister lived in his neighborhood. <laughs> oh, really? And so for a couple of years, um, every Monday I would go for a lesson, and my sister would watch my kids, and then we'd all have right dinner close. together. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah, yep. 
So I did well, that. And my wife's was... aunt lives just a few doors away from from Andrew too. So look, we're oh really? They maybe my wife's aunt knows your sister, and look Ooh. how connected we are. It's possible. That's probably true. <laughs> my wife. I maybe aunt I know knows your, your aunt. Sister. <laughs> And that, that's what's funny is my sister's husband's cousin. I mean, this is Utah. <laughs> this is so we're great. All, I love this. We're all entwined somehow. <laughs> yeah. My sister's husband's cousin is in Wasatch. And so oh, really? we never and, thought and, that it'd and, be. And was before you started playing? Yeah, for years. Oh, yeah. So he's a, he's a snare player in the grade two. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Phillips. Maybe you know him. I don't know. I, but, I definitely um, recognize that name. We I bet we've met before. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of funny. It's all intertwined, and my sister lives in his old house, and <laughs> it's just oh really, <laughs> yeah. So so then yeah. now, now that now the next thing we can find out is uh, like which one of my obscurely distant relatives is buried in your family cemetery. Oh, absolutely. And that'd be the I'm next sure. thing. No, actually, well, I won't drag us off on that again. I, I was I, I've got a family cemetery story too, but we'll we'll see if it comes up again later. I'll try. I'll try okay. to. I'll try to steer this direction for a minute. Um, that's okay. <laughs> the w- with the uh, with the piping though, it, did you go straight into competitive piping too? Um, like what 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 which groups are you playing with in Wasatch right now? I guess too. So yeah, um, so right now I'm playing pipes in the grade four, and then um, I've been kind of filling in as a tenor in grade two. Oh right on. Um, <clears throat> so in high school, I also did like a lot of percussion and took drum lessons and stuff. So. I can read rhythms, flourishing I still am working on, but um, yeah, a couple months ago, they were just like, we need <laughs> someone to play this part for Chicago, so they gave me like seven or eight weeks to, no, it was more, it was more than eight weeks, but to kind of learn two MSRs and a medley. <laughs> My goodness. And go to that's Chicago. The, that's so. the grade two workload right there. <laughs> yeah. Like like we talk about, like those of us who play with lower grade bands talk about how like, well, it's a level of play that would be difficult to achieve. But it, to some degree, mm-hmm. maybe we're actually the smart ones that we just realize we don't have time. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The amount of music you have to learn in a grade two and grade one band. Oh, honestly. And it's been like, like I, I've wanted to play more tenor just because I do like doing it. And yeah. I wasn't playing in a band, and so I was forcing myself to kind of solo and have a reason to learn anything on it. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been boot campy. It's been uh, it's yeah. been wild, thrown into the fire. So I think my very first time competing on a drum was two weeks ago, <laughs> three uh, weeks ago, and, and, in and Chicago, we did not of all so bad. Yeah, it was it was intimidating, but yeah. I learned a lot and. And we didn't do too bad, so. No, that's awesome. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Swan about it. I think he, what, what did he say? Like middle of the pack, right? Like, like seven, yeah, fourteen, or something. There like were that. there were seven grade two bands. Oh, then was it like and three we, out of seven, or I, I forget now. And we got four. We got fourth out of seven. That's right. So, but the the top two I bands knew seven are like figured in there somewhere. Yeah, the top two bands are like near in grade one status, so you can't feel yeah. too bad about that. Can't feel too bad about that. Yeah. Yeah. The um the the if I if I remember right, it was Liesel who was telling me that she also plays trombone and tenor and pipes. Yes, yes. You two are like the yeah. like made to be best friends. <laughs> I know. No, honestly, I I love Liesel, and she's been awesome to kind of talk to about you know 
all things musical, but yeah. especially as I'm trying to scramble and learn tenor stuff, she's been. I thought you were going to say ghost. Very helpful. So she's been awesome to ghost talk about too. ghosts. <laughs> that too. No, we, I, we've talked about ghosts too for sure. <laughs> the um the have the two of you ever tried working out some like Wasatch does those really cool concerts in the park, you know? And like I've seen you guys get out like djembe's and stuff like that before. Yeah. Like, when do we get a B flat chanter matched with some trombones? You know what? I've I'm trying to like push it every year or at least like mention it and it doesn't latch on but like there's a quite a few of people in wasatch who play other instruments like trumpet and yeah other stuff and really good guitar players and a a little while ago tyler was shooting me some messages on facebook being like why have we not done a hellbound train ska like no yeah take on hellbound train that one feels like it's it would fit pretty easily no absolutely i'm on board (laughs) make it happen make this happen it's all Scottish. It's Scottish. Oh my gosh, it's too perfect. It's <laughs> we just me- make this work. We're gonna be Scottish power, but SKA. That's such a good idea. <laughs> <I'm just> <laughs> Scottish <laughs> power. <laughs> this has to happen. It's meant to be. Yeah. Hey friends, thanks again for uh, tuning in to this episode. It was a lot of fun to talk to Bethia. She is a one one cool cat, as you've already discovered, and we'll discover even more so here in just a minute when I get out of the way. I just want to let you know real quick, as usual, that you can reach the show via email and social media and all that kind of stuff. It's all in the show notes. But also that uh, right now, today, Saturday, as this episode is coming out, uh, Bagpipe Swag still has its Black Friday sale going, so we're going to just let that run partly because of like time zones and you know the piping community being so much in diaspora around the world etc we we actually we we started the black friday like man i i'm I'm not into like i don't know the cultural of the culture of uh, of consumerism so much maybe i am actually maybe i am into that Uh, I'll, i'll sort that out with a therapist later all i'm trying to say is that like in an effort to make the things that are on sale just available to people uh, like in different time zones, we just turned it on on Thursday, the Thanksgiving Thursday before Black Friday, then it ran through Black Friday. And right now it's Saturday, but we're just going to let it run through today as well. So at the end of the day, Saturday, my time, that's Mountain Standard Time. What is that? Greenwich minus seven, I think, or something like that. Basically, I'm just saying, if, you, if this episode just came out, you still got time. If you want to get over there, we got... With this year, instead of doing one product on heavy discount, we just did a ton of black t-shirt um, uh, versions of some of our most popular designs. All of them discounted to $17, as well as a couple of notebooks. We're trying out notebooks, and we thought, oh, getting close to the end of the year. Those of us who are into like planning a day or journaling or something like that might be looking for a New Year notebook. So we got a couple of notebooks on there as well. But it's like theme being black friday it's all black stuff like black t-shirts and black notebooks and they've just got designs on them and it's all discounted down to 17 dollars. screaming deal limited time though you know um hop over there and get some way you can and let's get back to hearing from this uh cool gal bathia and thanks again for for tuning in and have a really great and safe and enjoyable uh holiday season and goodbye so 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 then Bethia, you 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 travel around with Wasatch a decent amount. Like if if I was going to ask you to pull one off the top of your head, like what's a favorite what's a favorite experience playing your your pipes? Ooh, um, I mean whether it's competition or otherwise, of course, yeah. it could be something in 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 the practice hall, of course, too. I've definitely had a lot of good experiences, I guess. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I wouldn't have kept going. <laughs> yeah, right. but I I will say one that sticks with me is my very first time. I think it was the Vegas Games in 2018, I want to say. Yeah. And 
I was so nervous. And like one thing about me is like I hate to suck. Like I hate sounding terrible. <laughs> I hate struggling. I hate looking like an idiot. And I was I think I was writing with, with Eric even house and I was just like, dude, I want to be good, but I like, don't want to do bad. <laughs> I don't want to go out there and play because I know I like don't sound good. And like he was super comforting. He was just like, look, everyone sucks. And then you just don't you don't suck anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you're right. Okay, I don't feel as bad. But well, I think um, Jake the dog just said sucking at something is the first step toward being kind of good at something. It's the truth, absolutely. <laughs> so um, it was my very first time competing, and the judge was Jack Lee. <laughs> oh wow! So and <clears throat> obviously, and, and like, did you know who he was at that time? Too? I I knew the name, but I yeah. didn't know that's who it was. And so yeah. somebody walked up there with me, and they're like, "Do you know who that judge is?" And oh, like, no. Great. Great I don't thing know. to say before the competition. I know. <laughs> and they were just basically like, that's like one of the best bagpipers in the world. Like, he's incredible. And I was like, ah, don't tell me that you know he can. Obviously, he was wildly kind and, you know, super encouraging. But yeah. um, but that will always be a good memory is just kind of throwing myself out there and yeah, just kind of doing the thing. So, um you gotta try it and find out, or you never yeah. find out. So. Yeah. So, and I don't know if you remember. Do you do you know who Jim Cameron is? Hmm. He's from Colorado. He's from Colorado, but he would come play with Wasatch um, and travel and compete with us and stuff. Yeah, and I don't think I ever had the pleasure. Yeah, he passed away a couple years ago, um, but he was he was an airline pilot, and um, I would talk to him a lot because at one point I was also working on a pilot's license and. Oh, I, what? <laughs> But I never, I never soloed because I had to like move home. You're living like six simultaneous lives. (laughs) So I'm sorry. Go ahead and continue with the story. But I'm that's okay. (laughs) I'll keep throwing them at you over here. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So anyway, he was there the trip um to Vegas, and we were talking about how like okay, I did you know some flight stuff, but like I never got to solo. And so after my solo, he came up to me and gave me a big hug, and he goes, "You finally soloed." So that was like a cute memory of yeah. him, and he was very sweet. So the uh, yeah. the the I don't know, like announcement for who you are that's running through my head now is something like, you know, <laughs> um, like uh, <laughs> mother competitive bagpiper, crazy ska musician, <laughs> solo helicopter pilot, <laughs> spiritual medium, and nature lover. You know, and then, yeah, I make I make pies. That seems and to throw people off pies. too. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, pie business so <laughs> but yeah it's i like hey, to do all the things speaking of culinary things and being that you're like an you, you come from like established utah stock how do you yeah. feel about pineapple on pizza um i like it I like it's it not too. my it's not Maybe. my go-to but what, uh, is, well, what is your go-to what's your favorite pie these days by which i, I mean pizza pie. Of, i'm just kind of a plain jane i like a good pepperoni you cheese like a pepperoni yeah but if There's I'm feeling crazy, it's true. If I'm feeling crazy, I'll do like chicken, barbecue chicken. Oh, for sure. You know what? There's, <laughs> I don't the, get too fancy. I think it's, who does it? Is it Papa Murphy's? They do a, they do a, a Thai chicken, like a curry thing pizza Ooh. that I like a lot. I think it's really good. I know it sounds weird though. No, I'm I'm all about it. I went I went to one place a little while ago with uh, my buddy Kevin. I don't know if you ever got to meet Kevin Saunders. Um, he's played. Oh, I know for the name. Yeah. Yeah. So so we we went to a pizza place with some with another friend too and um and uh actually it was Zach's big brother. Um but this 
we got a pizza there that I'd never had before, like a sausage pizza where they'd crumbled the sausage in such fine little granules. Ooh, it was like yeah, tiny so crumbled, super smoky sausage, like such that it was like in the cheese, you know, like infused into the cheese. That was yeah. delicious. Amazing. Holy smokes. That was so good. Whoa. Um, yeah. This is, maybe this is a boring question <clears throat> for me to ask somebody who has like, you know, so many cool hobbies, but are you binging <laughs> any TV shows? Like, is there anything you get real excited about in that way? Ooh. I binge everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <coughs> yeah, I'm getting the impression you don't do things halfway. If you're going to do something, you do it all the way, right? I go big or go home. Um, I'm trying to remember the most recent thing that I watched. I don't know. That's fine. But I'm yeah. hearing the bird song in the background, so I'm like, oh, why am I trying to get this evolved <laughs> human to come back to the troglodyte cave with me? She's That's she's okay. living a good life. <laughs> No, well, being up here, I watch a lot of old. We have a pretty amazing VHS collection up here. So oh, that's fun. I kind of transport myself back in time. Yeah, I feel like you're a kid again. My 1970s cabin that's just all original. It's like a time capsule. <laughs> that's awesome. That's too but, cool. But, you know, I, I don't even remember. But, yeah, my brain is slow. Well, what about some? Uh, what about some favorite... I mean, do you, first of all, like, I, sh- I don't mean to assume that all people who play bagpipes also listen to bagpipes. Maybe you're not into listening to it, but if you do like listening to bagpipes, <coughs> what do you like to listen to? Trad groups, individual pipers, you know, competitive pipe yeah. bands? Yeah, no, I, I listen to a lot of bagpipe music. Um, Any favorites and... that we could call, like, uh, here's some recommendations from Bethia, like, go check these ones out? I don't know. I feel like they're just kind of everybody's favorites, really. <laughs> yeah. um, I I love listening to, obviously, like, world pipe band you know recordings and mm-hmm. stuff of slot and everybody but um i don't know mm. i love listening i like julie fowlis a lot mm. um my daughter will sing gaelic which is really cute that's me. so cool <laughs> is she is she like making up gaelic or is she like learning it phonetically from listening or yeah she just kind of copies what she hears and that's too really, cool it's cute um but yeah, I I listen to a lot of I span I span it all. So yeah, I think I'm the one who should be taking recommendations. <laughs> no, 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 not at all, not at all. Uh, now, what, what about if uh, if money were no object and you could spend it on anything bagpipe related, whether that's an instrument or an experience or anything, mm. you know, what, yeah. where's the, where's this blank check gonna go to? Oh man, um, I would love a like awesome like solo piping kilt and like mm. outfit would you come to up be with very your own lovely. Carton, or would you find <clears throat> one that already existed yeah i'd probably find one um yeah. and <clears throat> if i could choose i would buy tartan and make it myself because yeah it's yeah fun so i did i went to fashion school <laughs> did you really holy crap <clears throat> i did and so Adding I always, one more thing to the list. <laughs> I um I would always get kind of chewed out because everything I chose was always plaid and tart and stuff. <laughs> and it's like it's so hard to sew with that. It's so hard to match up perfectly. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'm just still using it. So, um, was, but was fashion school after you'd started playing pipes, or was that pre-pipes? That was pre-pipes. <laughs> and so you just already were geared up for piping. Like you were really, yeah, you were really set for it. I was, I was, I've always been wanting to do it. I remember in college, yeah. I was trying to get my friends to play with me and 
they always kind of thought I was joking. <laughs> but um, you already played the trombone, like, uh, you know, like that's the epitome of the musical instrument. Right. You know, you'd already you'd already peaked there. So why? And and what's funny, I I always tried to get my roommate to go and learn with me on campus somewhere, and she never did. But um, mm. every year, Wasatch plays in the Centerville Parade. And her husband, who I also knew from marching band, um, plays with the, or he runs the, the 23rd Army Band. Mm. <laughs> and so I see him every year, and I was like, I told you I was going to learn bagpipes, and he just laughs. It's <laughs> like, you weren't wrong. You weren't kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of funny. but No, that's awesome. Well, now that you've been playing for a little while and, you know, since you, you've, you've had experiences outside of piping as well, like if you were talking to somebody who was interested in piping and drumming, uh, especially, mm-hmm. you know, in particular thinking like competitive pipe band kind of style, um, yeah. what would you tell them? You know, like, would you give them any kind of advice? Would you give them insight into how awesome it was? Would you warn them yeah. about anything? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I would definitely encourage it. Um mm. I, um, yeah, I was trying to remember what I was going to say. I'm I'm putting you on the spot with this. I do. No, you're okay. (laughs) I think if there's anything I would warn about is just like, it's a time sucker. (laughs) Like it will, it will dominate your time if you, you know, become committed to it, you know, um, I mean, look at you right now on vacation at your cabin and yet also talking about pipe end with me. And talking about bagpipes. I've got my bagpipes. I've got my bagpipes set up over here. So do you take them up there every time you go? Like you ever go up there without them? Yeah. Nope. I always take them. And again, I always get self-conscious to play, which is weird, but. Um, do you, do you right, ever have right fun now it's crowded. That, like the, like the, the, uh, well, the, like the, the deer and elk, you know, the animals that have longevity, <laughs> like, are they getting used to it? You know, <laughs> I know. I, I like to think that. So the other day, our dog up here brought home a weird skull and I think it's a Wolverine, which is really weird. <laughs> That's but awesome. I like to think that my bagpipes bring all the Wolverines to the yard, which is kind of, <laughs> That's Just gonna kinda... be that'll be the B side on our first. Yeah, there you uh, go. The, the first uh, uh, Scottish Power <laughs> album. My bagpipes bring, bring all the, the Wolverines. Wolverines to the yard. That's too cool. <laughs> it's that's really cool. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know if they deter these animal friendships or if they are helping, but right. But it's happening. So yeah. Well, that's awesome, Bethia. I think yeah. I think that this that it feels like that's an episode. That feels good to me. <laughs> Does that feel good to you? I'm happy with it. Yeah. And I, feel and I don't, free to I don't want to edit whatever you want. No, no, no. I mean, if if I'm all, I'm always happy to like if anything comes out from from a guest that they later think like, oh, I shouldn't have said that about so and so or something like that. You know, like, I'm always happy oh, yeah. to help out in that way. But but as far as like going off on tangents and stuff, that's what this is all about. Like the whole idea is. We, when we do see each other, it's all piping all the time. So that, yeah. So like the whole idea is like, what what's the other stuff that that happens in your that life? You, you know. Yeah, Very so. true. Yeah. So the tangents are exactly what I'm mining for. So it's good. Excellent. I'm all about a good tangent. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. well, thanks again, and enjoy the rest of your time up there. I, I've really, really enjoyed. Like I love it when I listen to a podcast with somebody.